Niner, you are cleared for takeoff. Roger. Huh? LA departure frequency 123.9. Roger. Huh? Request vector. Over. What? Flight 209 are clear for vector 324. We have clearance, Clarence. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Now at radio clearance, over. That's Clarence, over. Over. Roger. Huh? Roger, over. What? Who? What an excellent day for an exorcism. I understand, all right. You're one of the undead, and I'm a werewolf. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. Hey there everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Horror Crypt Podcast, episode number 88, and a happy Christmas Eve to everyone. Yes, it's Christmas Eve, and I thought I'd drop this one just before Christmas Day, because I tell you, this one, this movie really surprised me. Now, I have been looking for Christmas-related movies, certainly horror movies, and we've done the Silent Night, Deadly Night 1 and 2, and I thought, well, I've got to try and find a Christmas horror movie to do, and I did. I searched high and low but I found it. I found the 2019 version, because there is an original version of this movie, called Black Christmas. Yes. And this was, as I said, this was really surprising. It was very much along the same lines as if you've ever seen the movie um, Happy Death Day 1 and 2. It's really along the same sort of lines. Not completely along the same lines, but, you know, it's very, very close to it. And I just thought this was a great movie. Um, it was very empowering as far as, uh, you know, any any ladies in the audience that really want to sit down and watch this. It's all about sisterhood, which I thought was really, really good. It actually also stars Carrie Elway again, so I didn't realize I was doing a double header of him. I know last week we did Saw, and he was in that movie, and now suddenly I do this one, and he's in this movie. So, you know, what, what are you going to do? I mean, it was it was just one of those things. I have been, just been holding on to this movie for the longest time because I really wanted to do this one as close to Christmas as I could, and 24 hours until Christmas, I have to do it. So, yes, we are doing Black Christmas right at the very last point before Christmas Day. Look, before I get started, remember I've got a Facebook community that's up and running at the moment. It's called Horror Crypt Podcast. Oh, sorry, Horror Crypt Podcast. This is the one you're listening to right now. The No, it is called Horror Crypt Cafe. And basically, you can go there, you can relax, enjoy yourself, you can talk to other like-minded horror fans, you can get to know me, you can pose questions, you can put up pictures of, of movies that you like to do. So we can just do a little bit of everything with regards to horror. And as I said, a lot of people don't necessarily want to go and and follow specific you know Facebook pages like the Horror Crypt podcast page or stuff like that, which is up there. You can follow that one as well. But you know you might want to just not have to worry about going to Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that. So I created the community for you guys just to come hang out, enjoy, and be part of the horror community. There you can also have a look at my horror um, baseball caps for the Horror Crypt podcast and t-shirts. So if you want to have a look at those, and remember you can send me a direct message horrorcrypt2022 at gmail.com. Yes, I know we're getting very close to 2023. I don't believe I'm going to be changing the uh, the email address, so I'm going to keep it at 2022. <laughs> so, yep, that's fine. But look, this this movie, as I said, was a really great movie. It's it's a it's got a great cast, great young cast. It's got a really great storyline to it. Um, there were a couple of very very small points of the movie where you sit there and go, man, it's starting to drag on and slow down a little bit. But then it just starts to speed up right until the very end. And it's, you know, it's a great ending. I was really thoroughly enjoyed, you know, enjoyed the, the last part. And even into the first, say, seven to ten minutes, this movie really starts off really, really strong. And it continues all the way through. So, yeah, I was very excited about watching this movie. And I'm thrilled to do this one. And I'm glad I saw it. So look, before we get started, we should definitely listen to the trailer. So sit back and relax because these, this is the trailer of 2019 Black Christmas. It's my privilege to teach you this semester. Enjoy your winter breaks and Merry Christmas. Sup, ladies? Excited for tonight? It is our last day of our last fall semester of college ever. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell. Of course. Where's Helena? Now the she gym. was tying back a sodas earlier, but she looked really good. She's... We shouldn't have let her go back by herself. She's fine. Come on, live a little. 
home yet? If I were missing, I'd want you to unleash the bloodhounds and track me down. She was at DKO last night. Still creating problems, huh, right? Hello? Hello? I'm worried that something bad happened. It's winter break. Could just be a delay of some sort. Snow. My friend is missing. Nine times out of ten, the girl's just with a boyfriend. I will bring you to your knees. opens up we were basically watching this young girl walking home from we're guessing the library because we really don't have a distinct idea of where she's walking home from but it's at night time and uh, this is Hawthorne College and we're following student Lindsay and she's basically walking along the, the the paths and I guess she's going back to her dorm room or something like that and she gets a phone call basically asking you know where we, you know where are you because there's a whole group of us there's a whole group of girls I should say that are going to be celebrating the you know the holiday season before everyone disappears on you know on break and goes home for the holiday. So basically, it's a it's you know she's talking to her friend and saying, well, listen, I'm not coming back to you know where you guys are. I'm just going to go, and I, I'm guessing that she's going to go back to her dorm room so she can start packing so she can leave in the morning to go um, to some family um, situation that she's got going. And of course, the the girls are like, well, you know, we really. We, we really wish that you should come back here you know it's safe and everything she's like no no i'm okay I, there's no problems anyway so she she says okay well I'll, I'll see you after you know the holidays and basically hangs up the phone we see her walking along the street and of course you know any anyone that's walking on the street is rather creepy at night time but she's walking along and we see that there's this guy walking basically maybe five five or seven steps behind her and he's not doing anything he's, he's got his phone out but he's really looking rather menacing uh, towards her so she's walking faster and of course as she's walking faster he's walking faster behind her so she grabs her keys out and we've all been showing that you know for you know for protection and stuff like that you stick a key in between you know maybe where you where your, you know middle finger is so if you have to um like you put it into a fist so if you're going to go and punch someone they've got you've got a key there to basically lodge in their face but of course as she goes to attack this guy she's thinking he's you know he's following her he ducks into another house so we're like oh okay and you can see her just calm down it's like oh okay good he, he is he wasn't actually following me he was just going home of course it's at this moment she turns around and she suddenly sees a masked figure standing right in front of her and this guy is extremely menacing trying to grab a hold of her so she runs around you know the neighborhood trying to bang on doors to basically get someone to let her in and of course nobody is answering the door she goes around to a second house and knocks on that door and once again nothing there's nobody there she runs to a third house knocks on the door and the light comes on and she's like, oh, thank God, someone's going to open the door. Well, the door opens up and this masked figure comes out and starts menacingly walking towards her. It's at this stage you see him grab an icicle from the uh, the roof of the house or from the eaves of the house and plunges it straight into her chest, killing her there in the snow. And she basically has that you know spread open armed situation as if you're making a snow angel. You see her being dragged away from the front of the house. And this is the start of Black Christmas. Yes, it is this intense straight away. So, you know, I mean, as I said, it starts off very, very strong and it continues all the way along, you know, from the movie. So Riley Stone, a student at, at the college, the MKE sorority, is still struggling to move on from being raped by DKO, DKO fraternity president Brian Huntley, which 
no one besides her close friends believe her about. So she had gone to the police, she'd gone to try and get some sort of restitution for the fact that this guy had raped her and, you know, she was trying to get someone to listen to her. Of course, the entire school didn't listen to her, but it, it luckily... She's got a very nice group of friends who actually do listen and say, yes, we certainly believe that he did do this. And it was it was never clearly made, you know, it wasn't made clear to us that whether he was expelled or moved on to another school, we don't know. Um, I guess in actual fact he wasn't moved on to another school because later down the track he turns up, unfortunately. But, you know, she had said to a lot of people that she'd gone to the police and even the police didn't, didn't believe her story. So it's really one of those things where it's a he said she said scenario and it unfortunately riley it didn't come come good for her and she was unfortunately not um believed in this in this situation so her sorority sisters chris marty jess and helena are taking part in the dko talent show with a dance choreographed by riley and this is when i first saw this and when i first saw the actual the dance i'm like well they're preaching this this whole thing i mean chris is very much she is a wonderful, gorgeous black woman. She really is an African-American woman. Absolutely gorgeous. But she is very much along the lines of men should not be keeping us down. You know, and so far, you know, as into such a degree is that she has also um, targeted Professor Gleason and basically is trying to get him f basically fired because um, his, his refusal to teach books written by women and it's like okay so he she's got she's got a real vendetta against him they've also got a uh, another situation where uh, chris has gone to the university founder and said that she wants to take this bust it's a it's like a, it's a statue obviously of the founder by the name of caleb hawthorne she wanted it removed away from the main building into another building at the request you know of of, of a um of a petition that she actually got signed and she actually managed to do it she actually got enough signatures to actually get this bust moved to another part of the, of the building away from the main building so no one actually has to see it so now she's actually just completely focused on getting this professor fired and even into in such that he's talking at it in his class and basically really pinpoints the fact that you know he's talking about a um there's a a, a curriculum that he's, t he's teaching uh, but he's talking um, about a, a certain passage in this written novel. And, of course, she, he does basically target one of the girls and says, oh, you know, um, who do you think wrote this? What do you think? What do you think's behind the, the writing? And she goes through and says, well, you know, I guess he wrote this. Uh, you know, and she go, and he, of course, the professor is like, hang on a minute. What makes you think it's a he? And she said, well, because it's just the way that it's depicted, the way it sounds, the way that it's described. And she, and of course, the professor is like, well, that's very interesting. But this is actually written by a woman. And so much so that I am forced to teach, um, you know, you guys about the poets and, and the writings of women due to the fact that Chris has been um, so adamant in getting, trying to get me fired. So you can really see that he is definitely, um, you know, understanding that if he doesn't start towing the line and, and being able to teach more diversity in the college, that he is going to be basically sent packing. And of course, Chris is not backing down. Chris wants him gone. So I was like, okay, fine, no problems. So now the next scene, we see that uh, Chris, uh, not Chris, um, Riley is going to her job at, uh, at a coffee shop. And Riley learns that Brian, the guy who raped her, um, is unfortunately back in town to oversee the talent show. And this is where, when I saw the talent show, I'm like, wow, with everything that you guys are preaching about men being this and men being that, it's very interesting what, you, what you're really doing. But we'll come back to that in a, in a moment. She also meets a really nice guy by the name of Landon, a friendly guy who's taking a very great shine to Riley. And he's a really nice African-American guy. Really looks, you know, really... And, and even he is disgusted about the way that um, Professor Gleason is teaching his classes. So even he signs um, Chris's petition to try and get rid of him. And, and even Chris is like, really? You actually want to sign the petition? And he goes, no, I really do. Because first of all, he called you out in class, which was not cool. And second of all, I didn't really like that bust to be seen as we walk into the main campus. So really to get him you know, out of the school or out of the uh, college, it would be a great idea. So they're really now very, I, I guess they're, they're, in, <laughs> they're, they're looking at Landon in a completely different um, 
different light, which is really quite interesting. So the group arrives at DKO Fraternity where Riley catches a glimpse of a very strange ritual involving some new pledges for DKO. And there's and there's this black goo leaking out of the Caleb Hawthorne's bust. And it's it's really it's not blood, it almost looks like tar. It's um it's like road tar, if you can imagine when they put you know the road tar on the ground. It's it's that sticky and it's that black and it's like, well that doesn't look like blood. And even she has got some on her fingers and she's like looking at her fingers like, What the hell is this shit? It just you know, there's just something really off about this. She also stumbles across Helena, about to be sexually assaulted by one of the frat boys, and luckily Riley intervenes and and sends a very tipsy um uh, Helena home. She was she was yeah she was very very drunk and luckily at that moment Riley comes to her aid so we find that you know Riley is really looking after her sisters making sure that she's not going to get you know attacked and it's really interesting that one of the frat boys says you know it's typical all you girls are just teasers and at the moment that you know you say you want it you suddenly change your mind this guy's being an absolute dickhead so you know it's like really give me a break you know so riley takes helena's place in the talent show and upon seeing brian in the crowd performs a song with her sorority sisters blasting the rape culture at the fraternity and stating that brian actually did rape riley what brian did to you it's awful and it's terrible that nobody believed you but you can't just sit on the sidelines alone forever you're gonna keep shrinking and shrinking until there's nothing left of you hmm used to be a fighter it's time to be a fighter again if not for yourself or your sisters and now the girls from Moon Kappa when i actually watched that scene i'm like well the girls are dressed very suggestively in um like santa costumes or you know santa's you know helper costumes so it's really like well you know you're singing this song and it's almost very it's very suggestive about going up to the room and having sex but it's only until you listen to the entire song that you realize that they weren't there to entertain they were there to call out brian and his um, fraternity for the rape culture that they um, adapt or adopt, I should say, 
in this fraternity. So really, they've done such an amazing job to call out these assholes and basically say that it is absolutely not a right. It's not right. It's not appropriate, and it's assault what you do in this area. So they leave. You know, they were basically left the um, the the uh, dance, or I should say, the talent show in very high spirits. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's I understand that. You know, and of course, as they leave. Riley starts to bond with Landon, and meanwhile, back in the MKE house, Helena is abducted by Lindsay's attacker. Helena just basically, she is sick as a dog, and she goes to the bathroom to throw up, and of course, she comes back, and, you know, I always find it interesting with a lot of these horror movies, you know, when you hear a noise in the house, and I think they had one very, uh, a great meme in um, Facebook at one stage where someone, you know, hears a noise in the house, and they go, you know, Hello, is anybody there? I mean, what are you doing here? Are you expecting the killer to say, "Yep, yeah, it's okay. I'm just, it's just me. I'm in the um, kitchen making a sandwich. I'll be there in a minute." It's like, are you really expecting someone to say, "Yes, I'm here. Don't worry about it." So she goes to shut her bedroom door. She goes back into the bedroom after she's been thrown up in the toilet because obviously it's a communal toilet. Everyone uses the same one. And of course, as she goes to shut the door, you see at the back of her this masked assailant. Of course, we don't know exactly what happens, and a lot of some of these kills that actually happen throughout the movie, you don't actually get to see, which is a very interesting way of, of doing this movie because it really doesn't show a whole lot. It gives you an idea about what's going to go on, but you don't really see a whole lot, which I, I thought was actually a really great, um, a really great way of doing it. So right now we can see that Helena has been abducted by Lindsay's attacker. Uh, we don't know whether she's been killed. We just know she's been abducted. The next day, the girls start to receive threatening DMs from Caleb Hawthorne's account, such as what Lindsay had received before she she was murdered. And it's like, wow, this is this is really dark. I mean, it's it's basically they're almost baiting the girls to say, oh, you know, this is what happened to her, and this is what's going to happen to you guys. So now the paranoia obviously is starting to to come around. And, of course, meanwhile, a sorority sister by the name of Fran is also killed by a masked man. She is leaving to go um, back home for the holidays. And she's trying to find the cat that actually the whole um, sorority takes care of. And, of course, she can't find the cat. But it's at that moment as she's walking out of a room that right behind her is this masked person who throws some Christmas lights over her neck and starts to strangle her. So we see that you know that she's basically going to be killed. And she was such a nice girl too. She was very, very bubbly and full of life. So concerned that Helena has seemingly not got home to her parents like she planned, Riley alerts the campus security who are apathetic and assume Helena has just run off with her boyfriend. And it really is really interesting that she goes to, you know, the campus security and they're like, and he's like, yeah, what is it? And she's like, well, this has happened and that hasn't happened. She hasn't arrived home for the holidays. And he's like, uh. Yeah, that's a shame, but, you know, maybe it's the weather, maybe the car's broken down, maybe she's just decided to go off with her boyfriend, so just don't worry. And, you know, Riley is is pretty much frantic right now because Helena had said that she's definitely heading home to see her parents. Even so, you know, to the point that she gets a phone call from Helena's uh, mother to say, listen, she hasn't come home yet, so where the hell is she? And she's like, well, I don't know where she is, but I'll definitely check when I get back to the sorority. So right now, we are, we are all frantic of trying to find out where the hell Helena is gone. So as she goes back to try and find Helena, she gets a very strange encounter with Professor Gleason outside the DKO fraternity, where she finds a list of the MKE girls among some papers he dropped. And of course, it's like, and of course, he's like saying, oh, you know, there's 200 years of history in this fraternity. And, you know, we've tried to keep it very sacred. and We've tried to keep the, the whole spirit of stuff alive. And would you like to come in so we can, you know, um, you know, we can talk about this? And she's like, yeah, no, I'm definitely going to go. Thank you very much, Professor. And so, and this is Professor, this is a Kerry Elway's character, Professor Gleason. So he's like, you know, oh, okay, you don't want to come in because it was, she was, he, Basically, Riley had gone there to try and find Helena because where else could she possibly have gone? You know, she's got her boyfriend there who is a fraternity, um, you know, person. So maybe there's a chance that Helena has gone off with him and maybe has overslept or they're in bed together sleeping. Who knows? So, you know, maybe I'll go there. But, w but when you get this conversation with Professor Gleason out the front door, it's like, yeah, I really don't want to go inside with you at all. No, no, thanks. I'll just go off and you basically find out where she might be so Riley returns home and when she gets home Marty and her boyfriend Nate are having an argument and this is a pretty hefty argument 
because we find out that Chris has uploaded the talent show video online and Riley now feels the re basically fears that there's going to be a whole lot of retaliation from members of the fraternity. You're so, you're so pushy, Chris. You never stop, do you? You just you don't stop you because they don't stop. Well, not everybody wants to be like you. Some of us are quite happy to you just disappear. What did you girls expect? Excuse me? I told you something like this was gonna happen. Okay, you humiliated those guys up there. Of course they're pissed. And that gives them an excuse to harass us? Well, if a bunch of frat bros had gotten up and sang a song about how, I don't know, women were just bimbos who liked to show off their tits, then yeah, you'd be livid. It's a little different, Smidge. How? Why are you allowed to say all this shit about men and we're supposed to just sit here and take it? Because men have all the power. Not all men have power. Did you just not all men me? Did you just not all men are rapists, Chris? Okay, I'm not. Nobody, but you just lumped me in with the bad ones no, because I'm a man. Nobody is calling you a rapist. What? With your man hating? Man hating? What did I say that was so okay, offensive? Calm, just calm down. We're trying to have a reference. Calm down? Yeah. You want me to calm down? Let's calm yeah, down. Actually, calm down. Okay. You just trying Shut to. Up. What would you do if I grabbed you? I just get out. You know what? You need to leave. The second I have leave. A good point. I don't no, give a no. shit. You second I have a good point, Who you tell me to you? leave. You? Get out then of I here. I should have just dumped you last night. I don't give a shit. shit. Get out. You're hysterical. Jesus. Oh my God. I will bring you to your knees. You beg for mercy. What did you just do? I said, hey, Calvin Hawthorne, why don't you come down here, bite my ass, and make me a panini on my mom's press? Oh, my God. we can hear Nate's being thrown out of the house by Marty because obviously you know this argument is just going to absolutely go nowhere and of course when um, Chris goes and texts back the fact that you know come on and bring it they suddenly get attacked by a bow wielding assailant who injures Marty because you can hear the what the hell was that you can see an arrow come flying through and hit the wall on the other side and then of course another arrow comes through and scrapes across Marty's leg, injuring her. This is when they, they all decide, quick, we've got to run and get the fuck out of here. So the girls lock themselves in a room, and Riley ventures out to retrieve her phone, because unfortunately, they all drop their phone. Two out of the three drop their phone. And it's like, okay, and Chris is like, well, okay, we've got to get our, we've got to get the, call the cops. Where the hell is your phone? And she's like, damn it, it's downstairs. And she's like, yeah, so is mine. But you can see that the masked assailant is picking up the phone. So now there's no chance in hell that there's going to be any calls made to anybody, unfortunately. So we also see that uh, Chris, is, Chris goes into the, to the, into the attic. Um, and at that stage, Jess has gone up to try and find some Christmas lights and unfortunately had fallen victim to one of the masked assailants. So as she goes up to warn Jess, she discovers her body. Of course, Nate comes back into the house to basically to apologize and you know to to um to Marty to say, listen, yeah, I, I'm sorry, I overstepped the line as far as you know my my talking about men and stuff like that, and I'm not a rapist, but please, you know, forgive me, I didn't mean to. Unfortunately, you know, when she when he's trying to talk to um to Riley, he's like, you know, what's going on? And she's like, there's someone in the house. And he goes, okay, well, here, take my car keys and get everyone out of the house. And he goes, because if, and of course, he goes, where's Marty? And of course, that's when, you know, Riley says, well, Marty is injured. And he's like, well, okay. And he, of course, he grows a pair of balls right now and he's ready to start killing these master assailants. Well, unfortunately, he gets a arrow straight into his face and he dies. So I was like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> because he was such, he was actually a good guy. He wasn't an absolute dick. You know, he was trying to be a really good guy. He just had a different opinion. And unfortunately, you know, both Marty and him had some conflict of interest. So unfortunately, we now see that, you know, poor old Nate is dead. And you know, he does still have the car keys that's on the ground. And it basically gives uh, Riley a, a bit of a moment to grab the car keys and slams it into the masked guy's neck, 
killing him. And it's like, oh, <laughs> that's one down. She's now reunited with Chris and Marty, and they're attacked again by two other masked men. This is just all happening. Marty is gravely wounded, but manages to buy Riley and Chris enough time to hide in the kitchen before dying. And it's so unfortunate because she was really nice, you know, but yeah, she was taken down. So she's now dead. So now Riley and Chris are in the uh, in the kitchen and they're trying to hide and trying to make their way out to the front door. But they've got to get through a couple of doors to get out there. So they're, they're basically keeping their head very low. Of course, all we can hear is this masked killer walking around the kitchen we hear a door shut and it's like oh okay he's gone out of the kitchen but of course as we see riley and chris you know basically crouching down to get out of the kitchen we suddenly see above them this masked killer is standing above them watching them basically walk trying to get out of the kitchen they do attack he does attack the girls but luckily um they overpower and kill him and this is like oh awesome that's one down at least we've got that one but of course they remove his mask after being alarmed at the fact that they are now covered in this black goo and and it's, it's this stage that riley sits there and goes hang on a minute this is not blood this this doesn't look like blood this doesn't feel like blood it's not blood and chris is like no it definitely is and she's like no it definitely is not and we really re realize now that it, it is actually this black goo that's i don't it looks like road tar as i said Riley ident identifies him as a DKO pledge that she saw at the ritual and is alarmed now by the strange look in his eyes. And really, his, his look is basically just a catatonic sort of like look. He's not, you know, he hasn't got his eyes closed. He just looks basically, I don't know, hypnotized. So the pair escape from the house in Nate's car and Riley theorizes that Hawthorne, who was known for dabbling in, the, in black magic, is responsible for killing via his bust and the black goo it emits. So basically, it's some sort of you know, some sort of way to transmit to other people to basically almost get them into like a catatonic state. So Chris shoots down the idea and suggests that they go to the police. But Riley basically says, well, hang on a minute. What happened to me, the police didn't believe. We've just killed three people in our house and it, they're laying on the floor. Do you really think that they're going to believe us or they're going to believe what's going on? Remember what happened to me? They didn't believe me. And it's like, so, and of course, Riley's, basically now is demanding that they go to the DKO fraternity to fight. Of course, they, of course uh, you know, the, an argument ensues between Chris and Riley. And of course, Riley gets Chris to pull over the car and she heads off to, the, to confront the frat herself. As she's, run, as she's walking back to the, frat, the fraternity, Landon's coming for a dinner party. They're actually having this, um, it's called a um, orphan's dinner. So basically, it's it's people who, and they're not orphans as far as their parents being dead. What it basically signifies, an orphan's dinner is those people who are left on campus that don't have anyone to go home to as far as for the holidays, and they're alone for the holidays. It's an orphan's dinner. They all go to one place, they have a big dinner, they celebrate Christmas, and basically it's a way of keeping everyone engaged and feeling like they're part of a, a community. So this is where Landon was supposed to be going with uh, Riley to this orphan's dinner. So we basically see that now Landon is standing in the middle of the road going, um, what the hell is going on, you know, uh, Riley? Because Riley's basically covered in blood and she's got scratch marks all over her and stuff like that. So it's like, okay, well, something's going on. So now she discovers that Lindy's sorority sisters are also being attacked by DKO pledges at another house. But they, she manages to rescue them, thankfully. So you first think that this attack is just happening just at Riley's fraternity, uh, sorry, sorority, but it is actually happening all over campus. So every every one of these girl fraternities, sorry, sororities, I get those confused because we don't have that in Australia. So I'm trying to remember which one is which. Fraternities, boys, sororities, girls. Okay, got it. So anyway, all the sorority sisters on all the, all the campus is being attacked all at once. So it's basically like it's a mass attack. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? So, you know, luckily Riley manages to rescue some other sorority sisters. Of course, at the DKO house, Riley and Landon break in, but Landon is unfortunately cornered by the fraternity brothers who force him to be a pledge. And it's it's really, he he's basically just overpowered. And I think this black, I think the black goo has got something to do with it. So Riley witnesses the Hawthorne bus leak this black goo before before finding Helena alive and is held captive. So she's basically trying to, she gets, opens the door, Riley opens the door, 
and there's the bust and it's, it's leaking all this black goo so she runs towards the the bust to destroy it but she does hear this cry in another room and of course she goes in to find helena is she's alive but she's being captured and she's being tied to you know um the post of, of a table so she can't get out and she was like saying to riley you know i really thought that i was going to be here that no one was going to find me and i was going to die here so she rescues Helena. Unfortunately, as she's rescuing Helena, Helena is not looking at Riley. She looks past Riley and sees that there's a masked figure behind Riley. And of course, she is knocked unconscious. That is, Riley is now knocked unconscious. And Helena has this really snarky little smile on her face as if, Haha, I gotcha. Well, we're going to find out what's going on. So Riley awakes to be confronted by Gleason, Brian and the DKO frat boys who have brainwashed Land Landon. I don't think they've brainwashed him as such. The black goo that they've actually put under his forehead have almost made him into a catatonic um, you know, robot. I don't think it's brainwashing. Brainwashing is completely different. There's something in this black goo that's making him just become catatonic. So Gleason explained that after Chris forced the bust's relocation to the fraternity, the fraternity discovered Hawthorne's plan involving a spell and the black goo to keep unruly women in check. Fraternity is The spirit of the founder compel you. Fraternity is Imagine a world where you're no longer sitting in the corner. You're sitting on the throne. What did you do to Landon? He is who he was always meant to be. A fighter. A true man. You see, when your friend, Miss Waterson, had the Founder's statue removed and brought here, the boys discovered something magical hidden inside. Towards the end of his life, Hawthorne foresaw the threat posed by women. So he took precautions in case they strayed too far out of line. A master of the dark arts, he left instructions on how to create an army of young men to take our power back. You're all insane. No, no, not insane, Miss Stone. Simply men. Tired of seeing ourselves falsely accused, our livelihoods threatened, marginalized and belittled, reduced to spectators in our own lives. Upon graduation, our army will venture into courtrooms, boardrooms, and the halls of Congress to set the world right. It was really very simple. A hazing ritual, if you will. We read the incantation inside the bust, and the spirit of Calvin Hawthorne filled the pledges, possessing them with supernatural strength and drive. All we had to do was name the women who had stepped out of line, and these boys took care of the rest. Because she has just like Lindsay. Women who are willing to be obedient, like your friend here, will be spared. Those of you who refuse to be compliant will face the consequences. So, of course, we hear that there's this, the, as I said, the black goo allows the spirit of Hawthorne to possess the fraternity pledges and send them out to murder any woman that steps out of line. I think that's really, yeah, this is really treading a very fine line between a good movie and a politically incorrect movie, I tell you. <laughs> at this stage, it really is. It's also revealed that Helena has been secretly working with the fraternity and stole several items from her sisters that allowed the possessed pledges to easily locate their targets. Aren't you tired? Fighting against your true nature, right? 
Just because we're taking our rightful place behind them doesn't mean that we are needed. They needed me to collect the objects from the girls so the pledges would know who to go after. I have a final in 10 minutes and I can't find my diva cup. Thanks for the comb, by the way. How could you do that to your sisters? I'm helping women. Everything is so out of whack. It's so much easier this way. You are a traitor! This is your last chance, right? You can join me. We can be good women. Or... Or we will bring you to your knees and you will beg for mercy. Still creating problems, huh, right? You see, you were given a chance. You were taught how to grow into a proper woman, but you refused to listen. Now it's time to decide. Are you gonna bow to the king when I say bow? everything that I was supposed to. <laughs> He'll do worse than that to you. Your body, your choice. I'll bow. I'll bow. I'll be good. Yeah, that's right, bitch. You dragged my name through the mud. You lied about what happened and tried to destroy me. I told you guys I could get her to do it. Huh? Who's the king? Who's the king? Who's the mighty king? You took everything from me. Oh, and one day, someone will tell everyone what you did, and people will believe her. So Brian does force Riley to bow to him, but she plans to attack him at the same moment Chris and Lindsay and the surviving sorority sisters enter and fight the fraternity. Riley overpowers and kills Brian. Thank God, he absolutely deserved it. She beats the fuck out of him, slams his head into the ground and absolutely destroys that little fucker. Of course, after Riley does overpower and kill Brian, she then turns her attention to the Hawthorne bust and she smashes it onto the ground breaking the, the uh, possession that it has on Landon. Chris then turns her attention to Professor Gleason, setting him on fire, and the women and Landon escape, locking the frat brothers inside and leaving them to burn to death. You messed with the wrong sisters.
Woman is inextricably tied to man. Break us, and you only break yourselves. We will never be broken. moment that you see that the survivors are walking out of the frat house as the house is completely engulfed in flames riley looks on with a very newfound sense of bravery in a post-credit scene the cat was that was part of the uh, mke sisters and the pet is seen licking the black liquid of the dko the movie fades to black and that is the end of the movie and that is the end of this podcast on this christmas eve of 2022 yeah, I tell you what, it was. I I actually think this is a really great movie. Um, there's a lot of political. I mean, as I said, I've, I've never seen the original, so I don't know the difference between this one and the original one. But I think this was such a great movie. It had a great um, cast, as I said, and it really had a great message. So I thoroughly enjoyed this one. So, on a scale of zero to five buckets of blood, zero being how the hell do I get the last two hours of my life back? To five, it was a perfect movie and I'd watch it all over again. I can't give it a five. Unfortunately, I really can't give it a five, but I will give it a three out of five, simply because there's a lot of blood, guts, gore, and some awesome kills, but I really can't give it a five because it wasn't perfect, but it was it was, it was was a good movie that I, I thoroughly enjoyed, and it's going to be part of my Christmas rotation from now on. Before we go, I think we need to do Paul's Fun Facts. <laughs> So there are actually 26 trivia facts of this movie, and unfortunately, a lot of them are extremely negative. And I was like, wow, I just read all of them to look through the ones that I could actually tell you about, and they are really negative. Universal Studios' Blumhouse received a backlash after the first trailer was released for the film due to the extreme amount of spoilers within it. So it's like, oh shit, I didn't even realize that how many spoilers there might have been, um, you know, in this movie. If you just watch the trailer, you might need, you might not even have to even see the movie. According to Box Office Mojo, this film has the 28th worst lowest opening weekend gross ever, only pulling in $1.8 million from 2,625 screens and earned only $10.4 million against a budget of $10 million. So it only made $400,000. I mean, holy crap. So the film apparently had a short and rushed production schedule being completed in only five months. All this includes pre-production, production, and post-production. In fact, some of the scenes in the film were shot in only one take and ad-libbed without a completed script. I mean, I, I didn't see it. I didn't, didn't really, it didn't come off that way. But, uh, wow, one taken ad-lib, that doesn't sound very good for this movie. If I was actually reading the, um, the, the trivia before I watched this movie, I probably wouldn't have watched it. The film also received negative reviews from critics and audiences alike, who criticised its writing, the, uh, the themes around it, 
the PG-13 rating, the overt political message, and the deviation from the original 1974 film. As I said, I've never seen the original 1974 film, but if it's really getting that bad a rating, uh, oh boy. And just one final one to finish off this uh, podcast. So this film has been heavily, heavily criticized and critiqued about the movie, and this film has received three not recommends. <laughs> so really, you know, out of a score of three out of three, Three out of three is not recommended to see. I don't know. I mean, it, I, th- I as I said, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was great. But uh, obviously, there is some very, very strong feelings about how bad this movie was. So, you know, draw your own conclusion. I'm not saying run out and buy it. But if you happen to find it in a, a, a bargain basement uh, cutout bin, then, you know, pick it up and have a look. And, you know, you might actually sit there and go, yeah, it really was as bad as what people were saying. Although you might actually sit there and go, hey. This is actually not bad at all. I think it's great, and it's definitely going to be in my rotation as far as movies go for Christmas. So in saying that, thank you very much once again for coming to visit me at the Horror Crypt Podcast. I love the fact that I'm getting so many people coming back week after week to listen to what I'm talking about. All I do is I sit in a studio and I just sit and talk to a computer and I'm just watching my sound bars go up and down and I'm this is all I'm doing. But I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. This is a passion of mine that I've actually found um, that I'm just thoroughly enjoying and this will be just continuing for as long as I possibly can. Remember, I'm also on Facebook. If you want to join the uh, Facebook community, Horror Crypt Cafe. You can come there, join up, and we can have a communication, and we can talk and joke and have a great time. And, you know, I think it'd be a great community for people to join and really enjoy yourself and be part of the horror community. Look, as I said, once again, thank you very much for coming to visit me. I hope everyone has a wonderful Christmas and a fantastic new year. Next week, we have got our very final podcast of 2022, so make sure you come back and listen to that one. But in the meantime, have an absolutely wonderful Christmas, everybody. And as I always say every week, and I'll say it one more time, I'll creep you later. Okay, search party, before we set out, let's take a moment to humor the children. Kids, your father's going to be just fine. Okay, everybody, put on your corpse handling gloves. We've got two frozen bodies buried somewhere in this mountain.